Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hello, Montana. Montana State Media Day today. Coulter was there. Gage Cooper named the quarterback for Washington State University. And let's take a look at the Dagnab Cleveland Browns. Hi, boys and girls. How are you? It is Two Tell Nuanas on 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on a Thursday afternoon from locals downtown Missoula on the uh, corner, near the corner of Broadway and Ryman in the Badlander Complex. Come on down. Have yourself a Widmer Hayfordweizen. And uh, also, we will give you some time to put your name into the box for tickets to the Grizzly Oregon football game on September 14th. We'll be pulling a Another name out of the box who's going to win a pair of tickets to go to that football game in Eugene at Autzen Stadium. So come on down. Uh, locals will be here for the next couple of hours hanging out, swing by your downtown. You're working downtown. Walk across the street. Whatever you got to do, come say hi. Get your Roots Fest weekend started the right way, right? River City Roots coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll get it started right now. Locals only. Uh, we are broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy online at Kurtz. Polaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web as well, 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen live on the Listen Live tab. That's why we've marked it that way so it's easy for you. It's called a stream. You can listen to it all the time. and It is available thanks to the Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to call, you can do that as well, 329 
Area code 406 across the great state of Montana, 329-1899. The phone number, all guests, join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Today on the show, we're going to talk to Coulter. Uh, that's not surprising, but almost interview style with Coulter because he was over at Bozeman earlier today for the Montana State Football Media Days. They still host the Media Days over there, so he was over there uh, uh, participating in that, getting some sound, uh, which we will turn around maybe in the next day or two, but uh, here for today. He had to drive all the way there after the show yesterday and all the way back there. I'm glad you made it, man. It's nice to see you. You really, you're really burning it, putting the miles on. Man, here. it was it was hairy when you called me. I was on Homestake Pass, and it was pouring rain, mm. like so hard. And I got stuck where there was an oversized load way in the front, and so I got stuck behind a semi in the passing lane and a semi on the side. So when you called me, I'm like sitting there, like, yeah, all you, right. You we sounded, got you sound, you did not want to talk. I don't even know why you answered the phone. You're like, can't well, do it. Train semi because it's hooked up to my car, mm. and so then it just like any sound that you make, it just answers it. And so right. I was like, I gotta call you back, yeah, bang. Yeah. Bye. But uh, it was an interesting drive though because. The 30 for 30 series of podcasts, mm-hmm. 30 for 30 film series is one of the great productions ESPN has ever come up with. Yep. Shout out to Bill Simmons. It's his brainchild, and he's no longer with ESPN, but those films are amazing, and it's the 10-year anniversary of the 30 for 30 film series. So they've been doing some retrospective podcasts about some of the best 30 for 30s, the one about the U, fascinating, the one about Fantastic Lies, the Duke lacrosse controversial mm-hmm. case was fantastic, two Escobars. I mean, what what a crazy sports story. But then they just launched Season 5, and Season 5 is called The Sterling Affair. So yep. it's all about Donald Sterling and the, the Los Angeles Clippers. And, it, you know, it's a it's a obviously an incredibly controversial subject. Massive fall from grace for Donald Sterling. But it is a, it's a great microcosmic story of why the NBA has been so much better on social issues and so, so much more progressive in terms of easing racial tensions across the league and in this country. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily something we'll talk about a lot about on the show, but it's certainly worth the listen. Ramona Shelburne did a great job reporting it. It's fantastic journalism. And I listened to the whole thing start to finish. It just launched two did days you? ago. You got all five, got all five episodes in. You. So it's worth listening to. If you get a chance, go ahead and listen to it because it, it's definitely, even though it's cringeworthy, <laughs> Donald Sterling is n- not a good person, but it, it is... It's it's very very telling in terms of all the all the ways that that specific case shows why the NBA is such a player run league, and the way that Adam Silver was able to emerge from the shadow of David Stern and make that league his. Yeah, because he did some pretty uh, bold things when Donald Sterling when those tapes came out on Donald Sterling to take a team from a guy. And then the way that all went down, all the legal parts of it, equally fascinating. But it, it's a great podcast. I suggest anybody out there give it a listen. Uh, we will uh, get into not the Don- Donald Sterling affairs, uh, <laughs> but we will get into uh, Media Day. We will get into the backup quarterback as an entity in college football and how important that individual is. Uh, Gage Gubrud also named the starting quarterback for the Washington State Cougars today, so very interesting that way. Uh, So we'll get into that. We will also continue our series uh, about uh, NFL football teams. Not about NFL football teams. Looking into NFL football teams today, Coulter. I haven't decided yet who our favorite team is. You're a Vikings fan. I'm a Packers fan. But I don't know who the team that we like the most as a pair Mm. might be. What I think we should do is rate the teams 1 through 32 
like it, like is a one, hate is a thirty-two, and the team that comes up with the highest number when we add them together for you and me—that's our favorite team. Well, I think that the one we're going to break down today—it might be the Browns. Yeah, it, it might, be, it the might be the Browns. So you the, like the Ravens though too, and I've always been—I mean, the mm. one, I would say that I actually sort of gravitate towards the Ravens are probably my AFC team. I love the Ravens. Just anybody wearing purple, you're into it, huh? Roy? I don't even think of them as being purple teams because I can't see purple. <laughs> I'm colorblind. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, we will get into that. We will do a little bit of prep extra. Uh, the new uh, University of Montana uh, uh, cross-country coach, Clint May, is a long-time, long-time high school coach. Uh, so we'll talk about him just a little bit as he was announced uh, last week as the new head coach uh, at the University of Montana. And Josh Hedge as well, which we did not get into yesterday. We also are going to have at the top of the hour our ESPN roundtable as we do every Thursday. Scott Manch, the uh, long-time, three decades-plus sports reporter for the Great Falls Tribune. Great to talk to him earlier this week. He uh, retired earlier to uh, go over and, and uh, move back to Minnesota, his original home state, uh, to uh, be with his mother and, uh, and, and I think help her out a little bit. But tremendous in the stories that he had. Great to hear uh, and talk with Scott Manch. So we'll bring that to you at the top. And, yes, we will pull a pair of tickets in the next hour for the Grizzly uh, Oregon Duck football game. Again, we are at Locals on the corner of uh, Broadway and Ryman in the uh, Badlander complex. Come on in here. Have yourself a Whitmer Hafeweizen. Sign up for tickets to go to the Oregon Duck uh, Grizzly football game. Uh, Coulter, let's start, though, with uh, your trip, your, uh, you know, 20 20- our uh, affair over there to uh, Bozeman and back here uh, for the media days this morning. Uh, lay out for everybody kind of what the media days is. Is it just a line of kids coming up to the podium? Is it, is it different? Is it a free for all? Is it one on one interviews? And, 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 and what is sort of the, what is the purpose of it? What do you think that this, you know, does? Well, it lets the guys focus on game week when game week approaches. And so there's no player interviews next week at Montana State. But I think it's also just a way to get some stuff in the can. And I think it's probably, it's not probably, it's certainly a hectic day for Montana State sports information because, I mean, I submitted a a list of 22 interview requests that Brooks Nuanas, my brother, and I took care of uh, together. But then, you know, the Chronicle guys, the Bozeman Chronicle, they each want 10 guys. Each of the TV guys probably wants six to ten so the list is massive and the amount of checking off that you have to do and the logistics of it all but i think on the back end it actually makes things a little bit more smooth because then you don't have to field interview requests for all these guys basically i treated today every every friday skyonsportsmt.com we put out a profile on a senior for the grizzlies and a senior for the bobcats and i treated this like i got about six different interviews in the can now uh of guys that will will profile throughout the year guys that there's no question that they're going to be huge contributors right like i asked kevin cassis a bunch of stuff just about his life and his you know his journey travis johnson guys like that brain conkle so uh that part was fun but it, you know it was an interesting day because a lot of times you can gauge so much the pulse of a program at media day not necessarily by what is said but by how it's said and i thought the guys that i talked to today they were loose they were embracing the moment i mean that's something that you and i have talked about a lot I think that there, there's a little bit of a standoffish attitude towards the media just in general in America today for anybody that's in a position where you get interviewed frequently. But I think that the guys that truly embrace the moment, that embrace I mean, some of these guys, they're seniors. They're not going to be getting interviewed by anybody in three months. It's going to be over. So why not just have fun with it? Zach Wright from Montana State last year was a great example. He was loving it. He was loving getting interviewed all the time. 
You know, the Grizz have had a couple guys recently, too, that, you know, they just really embraced. I mean, Josh Buss was great with you last year all the time, too. Just, just embracing and enjoying his senior year. And right. I thought that that was kind of the pulse that I gauged from these guys was that they're loose, they're relaxed, they're having fun. I think that they love the expectations. A lot of times you can feel when the expectations of a season are weighing heavily in not a good way mm-hmm. on teams. I, I saw that full, full frontal from Montana State in 2015, certainly, when they were picked to win the league and you know, they were supposed to be this great team. You could tell the pressure was weighing down on them. I've seen Grizz teams in, in the last handful of years, too, where that pressure has been pretty intense. And these Bobcat guys, they seem like that they're uh, embracing the expectations. And like Jacque Allen said, senior safety for the Cats, he said, all this expectations are out here in the media and what you guys talk about and all that. He said, I promise you, our internal expectations are much higher than anything anybody else is talking about. Mm. He said, we, we st- what did he say? He said, we looked the dragon right in the face at North Dakota State last year. We realized how far we were away, and we let that motivate us going into this year. So uh, it was a fun day. We got a lot of good interviews. Uh, some of my favorite guys to interview in the big sky or a couple of the guys on the Cats. Uh, so it, it was a fun time. It was a really good day. Well, that's that's uh, that's cool to have been over there and to do that. You gave us kind of an overview in general of, of what that's about and the feel of it. Who were a couple of guys specifically that you talked to that you thought, you know, whether they said something that you thought was interesting, something that you thought was maybe new that you hadn't heard before, or or maybe something that was insightful from a football standpoint. So did, was there anybody in particular that you said, okay, yeah, you know, this is, I, I feel like, you know, we're getting something out of this. Not for the profile stuff and all that kind of thing, but more from a football standpoint. A couple things. First of all, I think one of the primary storylines at Montana State uh, that we haven't really talked about yet is the battle at inside linebacker, but more specifically, the return of Josh Hill. If anybody knows anything about back surgery, back surgery is so hard to come back from as a top-level athlete in football more than any other sport. One of the most interesting conversations I had was with Kevin Cassis. I asked him about what he thought of just Josh Hill's courage and toughness to come back from back surgery, miss a full year of action, and then return to the lineup and be in the mix to be Montana State's starting middle linebacker. And he said, well, my dad sells medical device stuff, and he specializes in the spine. And he said, so I asked my dad about the specifics of Josh Hill's injury. And he said, man, I can't believe that Josh Hill's back. I can't believe that he is even competing on this team, like that he can even play football at all, let alone be potentially our middle linebacker. Um, and I think that Josh Hill, who's a kid from Kalispell Glacier, he's one of the gr- he's one of the next guys in line that are the guys that make it the reason we love covering these teams. Yeah, and Josh Hill is five foot ten, one hundred ninety five pounds, and he's a, and by the time it's all said and done, he will have been a four year starter at inside linebacker. And you ask some of his teammates, you ask a guy like Chad Cano. Chad Cano is six four two thirty. He's got all the physical gifts. <laughs> My brother asked Chad Cano, why, why is Josh Hill so special? He said, man, he is just the best football player on this team. It doesn't matter that he's small. He just knows where to go. He's the hardest hitter. He's fearless. And I think those are the type of guys that we really love. And then you add the fact that he's gone through this adversity. He missed all of last year, and now he's back. Uh, pretty cool. And the other, probably the other highlight was Logan Jones, because Logan Jones is a guy that 100% marches to the beat of his own drum. He's a guy from Kalispell. He's never held any punches at all in what he says. His analysis was crazy uh, of every situation. But he also had a pretty unique situation last year where he missed the first eight games of the year. Then he decided to he was healthy enough that he got cleared for four games. So he played in the four games down the stretch that helped Montana State earn a playoff berth 
including scoring a touchdown against the Grizz. But then he was at this moment where, hey, if I step on the field in the playoffs, my career is over as soon as we lose. Or I can say, okay, I'm going to not play in the playoffs, and I can have a whole year next year. And so they made the mutual decision to bring him back. So to have the perspective of the guy that basically took his redshirt year, his senior year, and then plays in the most important games to get them into the playoffs, but then has now but the dri- doesn't play in the playoffs right now himself. has the driving force of watching the playoffs from the sidelines as motivation. It's a it's a completely unique situation. He's the only guy I can think of that's in that spot where he was slated to be a starter as a senior, basically misses his senior year, but plays in it as well, and then comes back and has to watch from the sidelines in the playoffs, and then has a whole other offseason to now finish his career strong. That's a great story as well. And there's lots of great stories across the board on both sides of the Continental Divide. So I'm I, I'm finally excited, Gus. I haven't been stoked on football yet. I'm excited now. That's <laughs> what I like to hear. It's Steve Tillman, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Again, broadcasting live from locals downtown on the corner of Brooks and Ryman. Uh, excuse me, Broadway and Ryman. Come on down and uh, play. They got pool for free. You got some free beers going on. You got to sign up for a Grizzly Oregon Duck football tickets. You got it all happening here at, uh, at Locals Only Downtown. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed. Guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Coulter, uh, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the backup quarterback in, in football and specifically in college football. And... They don't get you know a lot of love. I don't know a lot of love, but a lot, you know, not a lot of people talking about them all that much. When you're talking about Cam Humphreys in 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 Missoula and uh, Tucker Rovig in Bozeman, sure. Uh, we know the quarterback competition, what it was at Montana State, but at the point that that decision was made a week and a half ago, now you go okay. Now it's all you know, it's all about Casey Bauman and talking about you know him and everything. But Jeff Chope made an interesting point. In, in that announcement, in yep. his discussion of that announcement, he said, look, three of the four teams that went to the playoffs last year used at least two quarterbacks Certainly. and had to, if not more. And, uh, you know, they that that guy always has to be ready to go. And you talk about, you know, the University of Montana. Dalton Sneed went the whole way last year. But he he he's a physical and tough kid who is in a – I would call it a quasi-running quarterback system. I Certainly. mean, it's he, he, he did a lot of rollout stuff, a lot of move-the-pocket stuff, and sometimes that develops into runs. And also, there's just straight called runs uh, for, for Dalton Sneed as well. And he is strong. 
uh, and and tough, but he takes some hits, and he no took doubt. some big hits last year. And you just wonder, you know, is there going to be a moment when Cam Humphrey is going to be called upon to come in and play football for the Grizzlies? And the same thing for Tucker Rovig in, in at Montana State. But in general, when you look at backup quarterbacks and 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 their importance, and also what they are, who they are, what are your thoughts? Well, and this is this is interesting because there was a great article in Sports Illustrated last year profiling Chase Daniels. Yes. And Chase Daniels talked about how in the NFL there's about 50 guys that think that they should be and that the league will give a chance to be a starting quarterback. And so there's only 30 starting spots in the league, so that means a lot of teams have backup quarterbacks that either competed to be the starter or someone somewhere thinks maybe could be the starter. A guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick's a great example. Ryan Fitzpatrick it's probably between the 21st and 30th best quarterback in the league. And depending on if he's playing on a team with one of the top 20, he's a backup. And if he's playing on one of those other teams, he might start. And Daniel Chase Daniels talked about the just the dynamic of what it means to be an actual career backup like Chase Daniels. No one thinks Chase Daniels is going to start. No one signs Chase Daniels to start. They sign him specifically to hold the clipboard and give emotional support to guys like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. That's what his job is. But then he also has to be ready in case that guy goes down. He's never going to beat them out, so there is no competition. They're not bringing him in to push anybody. But they're bringing him in because of the security and the attitude. It's almost as if there's about 10 guys in the NFL where the fact that they don't want to be the starter actually makes their careers last forever because they don't demand big money. They'll just take a million dollars, two million dollars. They don't need $10 million. They're not trying to come in and disrupt anybody. They're not trying to beat out anybody. So I think that that is a very specific role. You shift to college, though, everybody in college was recruited to come in and compete almost across the board. And the next guy up, he's not the backup quarterback most of the time. Most of the time, he's the really talented guy who's just younger. Mm-hmm. And he started Eastern Washington last year. Gage Gruber goes down. Gage Gruber's a two-time All-American, one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the history of the Big Sky Conference in Eastern Washington. He goes down. The whole league collectively thinks, oh, man. That sucks. It's over for Eastern. There's no way they're going to win any more games, or there's no way they're going to, you know, surge to the league title. And then I think those rumblings were even accentuated when they go to Weaver State and they score three points, and Eric Berrier looks awful. Right. Well, then Eric Berrier turns the corner, flips the switch, and then a, a month later, you're thinking, is that guy actually better than Gubrud? Is he is he actually have more juice than Gage Gubrud? And he does. He's not necessarily as good of a thrower, but... He's a pretty dang good thrower, and he's an unbelievably electric athlete, too. And so that's where it's so interesting where sometimes it's addition by subtraction. You look at it like at, in Cle- at Clemson, for example. Kelly Bradley's great. Trevor Lawrence is just better. Yeah, Kelly, th- Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I mean, as soon as Dabo Sweeney was watching practice and he's saying, okay, Trevor Lawrence has got the playbook down, you have to pull the trigger even if Kelly Bradley's not done any- Kelly Bryant excuse me, hasn't done anything wrong. Right. right? But then you look across the big sky still, right? Caden Jenks goes down. Jake Constantine takes over at Weaver State. Troy Anderson misses a couple starts. Tucker Rovick's got to be in the mix. So I think that having that guy be ready is so crucial. And th- this, this topic came to my mind when I was watching some uh, Twitter videos from the University of Montana, and they were showing Camp Humphrey. And uh, Dalton Sneed, he hasn't, he's had some practices where he has, has had to do some light throwing. I think it stems from the tendonitis that he suffered in his shoulder. Uh, going back all the way to last year, because that was the case last year during the season a little bit too. But when you watch Cam Humphrey spin it, man, he can spin it. Mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, he's ready to go, and he's treating it like, okay, I'm not going to probably unseat our team captain, the newcomer of the year in the big sky, but when my chance comes, 
I'm gonna be ready to ball. Well, and and Cam Humphrey, I mean, he's watching him. He's dang good. I mean, he would he would start at. I was thinking about this. I was talking to somebody at practice. He would start at Southern Utah. He would start probably at Montana State. Yeah. He would certainly start at Idaho State. He would certainly start at Idaho. He would start at North Dakota. I mean, he would start at half the teams in, in the league, and I think that that is indicative to the fact that Bobby Houck has really fortified that position with two solid guys who he brought in as, a, as transfers. Well, it's interesting, too, because uh, uh, Cam Humphrey is not the – the young kid who's no. got the talent. I mean, he is a, he's an upperclassman at this point now, just one year behind, you know, Dalton Sneed. And so he's kind of in, in an interesting spot where, you know, at this point, you know, the idea of transferring and, and, and you know, you losing a year doesn't really make any sense. But certainly, you know, Cam Humphrey hasn't really gotten to play the way that I'm sure that he expected to or wanted to when he was coming out of high school. But now that he's here, he's got an opportunity to, you know, if he's needed, if he's called upon to be there and be ready to go, and then coming into next year, again, nothing's given, right? But he would be he would be the presumptive guy uh, for one for one year, and you make one run at that thing as a you know as the quarterback of the University of Montana and kind of see what happens. And I think that that is, you know, certainly what he's got his eyes on. Now, who knows, you know. Who may be coming in after him? You know what Garrett Graves turns out to be as a quarterback, or some of these others, uh, you know that have been brought in. But he will certainly be the the uh, the old the oldest one there, and, and really the longest tenure with uh, with Bobby Houck at the university. So, but you know, biding your time for two years, well, two years kind of goes away. Is I think a, a tough thing to have to do, and uh, that may well pay off though for him in the end. And who knows here. here if you're Bobby Houck, though, it's invaluable because of what you you know the, the what you know what it is to be a football player in general and a quarterback and especially a quarterback on this University of Montana team. The way that they run it, the what they do, and who Dalton is, you're going to take some licks, and you just you got to have somebody that you can be confident in there. And Montana is is fortunate to have that, and to an extent, Montana State kind of is too. I, I mean, I think that Montana sure. State is if if Casey Bauman was to go down. I think that they it wouldn't be like let's put it like this. I don't think people would be go, Oh, look at this drop off now to you know, to to, to Tucker Rovick. Totally. And who knows if you know, when the lights come on, if maybe it's Tucker Rovick who's actually, you know, the game day better guy. I don't know. You know, well would all that's that's part of what that big question is out there. Yeah. We were my brother and I were talking about some of the quarterbacks that the Grizz have had that never did get their shot. Because there's all this stuff out there now. You don't rotate at quarterback. So if you if you're not the for sure starter, then sometimes you might just bide your time and never get your turn. Right. And you look at a guy like Jake Bleskin, for example. Jake Bleskin won a state championship at Great Falls CMR. Jake Bleskin has as much arm talent as I've seen in the Big Sky in the last ten years. Jake Bleskin slings it. He throws darts. He's a really smart kid. He knows how to operate everything. He has had the bad luck of being in between Daenerys McGee and Dakota Prukop. Yeah. Prukop ran around a little bit and got hurt, so Bleskin got to give himself four starts, including one in Washington Grizzly Stadium, which is going to be infamous forever. The Cats' offensive line got completely blasted. Tonga Dakai and Zach Wagaman killed Jake Bleskin, and Jake Bleskin throws five picks. That's what he's going to be remembered for. But it's really too bad because Jake Bleskin was a top-tier Big Sky quarterback. He just happened to be behind two All-Americans yeah. during his career. Look at, at the University of Montana. I mean... From Brandon Neal, who backed up John Edwards, to uh, Jeff Disney, who backed up Craig Oaks, to a guy like DJ Zapata, who came here to play for Bobby Houck, and then he got washed over in the coaching change with Robin Flugrad, and basically got shown the door in favor of Justin Roper, who was a transfer 
from the University of Oregon. But Zapata was my brother's age, and every guy on that 09 team talks about the arm talent Zapata had. When he was running the scout team, everyone was like, well, this guy's the guy. He's the guy of the future. And then he kind of just fell out of favor. So it's funny because sometimes kids get criticized for going and taking their shot, and I do think it's really invaluable to have a guy like Cam Humphrey who's willing to be good enough to play somewhere and still be the backup at a place like Montana, wait his turn, and then get his shot for one year. Uh, but also then there is a chance where everybody says, hey, just wait your turn and wait for your time, and your time will come. The quarterback position is the one spot where sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's 2 Tell Nuwana's 102.9 ESPN Radio. Coulter and I live at Locals downtown uh, Missoula on Broadway, near the corner of Broadway and Ryman in the Badlander Complex. Come on down. Enjoy a Widmer Hefeweizen. Enjoy yourself uh, with a uh, opportunity when Grizzly tickets to the Oregon Duck football game. We're giving away another pair of those here this afternoon as well. We'll take a quick break on the other side. We get into it at the NFL level with our continued look at team by team through the league this today. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, we got so much to say about it. Back after this, Tutel Nuwana's ESPN Radio. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. The Cleveland Browns are headed to the Super Bowl. It's <laughs> 102.9 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on Twitter, at Gus Tutel, at 102.9 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT if you are uh, looking for all the best in your up-to-the-moment Big Sky Conference information. Uh, Coulter, it is, uh, what is this, day six of our NFL team profiles. Yep. And today we're going to do the Cleveland Browns, the team that I would say has the most hype in the NFL about them. Uh, There's not a team that's been worse than the Browns, and there's not a team that has uh, more expectation, and certainly the fan base couldn't be more excited, thrilled to have the Baker Mayfield and the Odell Beckham and, you know, the the uh, David Njoku and Nick Chubb and the whole thing. And they the talent on this team is undeniable. So is the fact that they have proven nothing. 
And yes. they are very young uh, across the board, very talented, no doubt. But uh, there's a lot of question marks. And to have expectations without having anything to base those expectations on other than potential is a tough position to be in. I mean, this isn't like, oh, they were a 10-win team last year. Now let's see them take the jump. People want this team to be a not just a 10-win team, an 11-12-win team, division-winning team, and, 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 and game multiple game playoff winning team this very year. And uh, those expectations, uh, you know, maybe maybe a bit much, okay? I don't exactly know. The talent certainly justifies it, and so does the swag, which I appreciate very much in Cleveland. But what do you think that this team, what do you think this team's reasonable, what would constitute success for the Cleveland Browns this year, aside from what people expect them to be? What would you say, you know what, this was a good year, a positive move for the Cleveland Browns? Well, I think that when you're as horrendous as they were, and so much of it comes from the dysfunction of your organization, but also so, so much comes from the dysfunction of your leadership. And then you fire a guy like Hugh Jackson, and then you surge because of it. I mean, basically, Baker Mayfield took that team over after Hugh Jackson was gone, and they went on a run that was unprecedented for them in the last decade or so. But that run only amounted to, I think, five straight wins and a total, what was their overall record last year? Six and ten, seven and nine? And they might have got to seven wins, but... Regardless, that little surge, it seemed so great for the Browns because they had lost so many games. I mean, they went one, what, what, two games in the span of three years, including an 0-16. Let me, a- let me tell you something. My hands-down favorite football game of the regular season last year was when Tyrod Taylor gets, gets shown the door at halftime and Baker Mayfield comes in and surges with the Cleveland Browns to their first win. I mean, it was it was... It was riveting. It was yes. truly amazing to see him do it. And Baker, he didn't take it with a shoulder shrug. He took it with a level of, well, what did you think was going to happen? Totally. And and it was it was it was it was amazing. And I think that builds into, well, yeah, if this guy is so un, unflappable, unshakable in what he not just thinks but expects, then shouldn't the rest of us, that being the dog pound, that being Browns Nation, should the rest of us be that as well? What I'm getting at here is that they had nothing to lose last year, and they had motivating factors, and they had a chip on their shoulder. When you're the team that's under the spotlight, which the only reason they've drawn any of the spotlight for the last couple years is it's been the laughingstock of the league. Are they going to win a game? And now, if you have actual real expectations, how do you handle those? Where's your spark come from? Because fulfilling expectations, I mean, say, what do you think that just the broader football world's expectation is for the Browns? 11 wins? Yeah, I mean, we'll go through the schedule, but I think double digit for sure. Yes, and and you know, I okay. think eleven is crazy in terms of you right. sharing what 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 people in the world think that the Browns are going to totally. Do. So say you stumble to a three and four start or a three and five start. Right. Now all of a sudden you are failing to meet expectations that are inflated. Yes, and how does that affect your team when 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 you're one and six and then your coach gets fired and you go on a five game winning streak and it looks like you're and it's such a great story around the league. So much easier to ride that momentum than it is to harness momentum when all you're trying to do is meet a benchmark that might be unrealistic for your team at that time. That said, I think so much of the hype comes from, obviously, the addition of Odell Beckham Jr., the, the fact that he has chemistry with Jarvis Landry, 
the freak that is Miles Garrett, I mean, I think he is primed. If he takes the next step, he is then all of a sudden officially one of the best defensive players in the league. Yep. But more than anything, it's Baker Mayfield. It's the confidence that Baker Mayfield draws from everybody. I thought Baker Mayfield is one of the most fascinating case studies in the NFL to me because I thought Baker Mayfield had a chance to be such a huge bust because I just wondered so much, will his bravado, his brashness, will that go over well in the league? Will he be able to win over a locker room by being the cocky kid with the headband on? I didn't know if it was going to work. And it worked. And he has continued to take no prisoners. He has continued to be himself unabashedly. And I think people love that about him. I think he has a chance to be one of the stars in the NFL. He really, he already has so much of that brand name recognition, so much of the, the magnetism that I think people love. That's why they're hyping the Browns so much. But I think he has a chance to be a truly special player. Um, one thing that I think goes overlooked in all of this is – and you said this basically is, you know, they fired Hugh Jackson and that's what serves them to the win. What, what people don't want to talk about because he's such a controversial figure and all that, but Greg Williams obviously did something right too sure. in his time as the interim coach. And he certainly wanted to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns and had, you know, proof is in the pudding. And they they choose to give it to Freddie Kitchens. Now, I'm, I'm a big fan of Freddie Kitchens yep. in the little bit that I know of him. And I, I love the the atypical route that he was on and the atypical decision by John Dorsey and the administration at Cleveland to pick him. But not only is Greg Williams out and not the head coach, that's been your defensive coordinator. And if anything was working for Cleveland, it was the defense. And so you are starting, okay, so you're continuing with the Mayfield-Kitchens, you know, relationship and all that, which, by the way, seems to me could have – kept on going with him as the offensive coordinator. But nonetheless, you keep on with that. It's your number one pick. I understand it. But you are starting at zero in terms of a brand-new defensive coordinator who, frankly, I don't even know who it is. I don't even know who the defensive coordinator is for the Cleveland Browns. So they're going to come in here and, you know, presumably build on when you got, like you said, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward sitting back there. And then the the secondary is absolutely phenomenal with Morgan Burnett and Demarius Randall as well. People forget that they got Sheldon Richardson now and Olivier Vernon is on this team. So they got got dudes. They drafted the best corner in the draft, Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams. It kind of got overlooked because he fell out of the first round. He's the first pick of the second round. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're talking about two premier corners in Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, that gets you a long ways. Yeah, and all the guys on the D-line are certainly uh, great players too, but to them. We talk about this all the time, the, the, the underrated nature of the position of inside linebacker. Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley and now Jalen Smith are the only three guys that really get any, any shine. You know, C.J. Mosley has gotten a little bit of shine over his career. Gerard Mayo a little bit. But mostly it's because those guys played for the Patriots. Like Joe Schobert has been one of the most savage middle linebackers in the entire league. He led the league in tackles two straight years. I mean, Joe Schobert is unreal. Mm how good he is. I mean, he had 160 total tackles last year. The guy is a, a machine, and I think he just gets a little bit overlooked, but, I mean, he's a hammer. He he isn't the biggest guy, but he comes downhill right at you, and I think that they have elite players at all three levels of their defense now, which is what it takes to be a playoff level, a championship level defense. Then you combine that with a receiving core that has a chance to be one of the best in the league, a running backs group that when they get Kareem Hunt added to it, that's one of the best two-headed monsters in the league with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, and then Baker Mayfield as the guy, as the trigger man. They have all the pieces. 
and they also have a division where there's a little bit of question marks. How, can the Bengals put it back together? Who knows? Can the Steelers overcome the dysfunction of a year ago and, and start anew without Antonio Brown, without Le'Veon Bell? Who knows? Where are we at with the Ravens? I mean, Marty Morningweg out because of whatever happened between him and, and John Harbaugh. Be- because and, of a disagreement about how to keep Lamar Jackson upright. Exactly. Yeah. And, and But then Lamar Jackson, we, we, if you're going to build it around Lamar Jackson, how do you make sure that Lamar Jackson is like the next – I don't know, call it Russell Wilson instead of the next Robert Griffin III. I mean, when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson, if you, if you let him play like he plays, it is only a matter of time. So what does Baltimore do as well? It just seems as if that division, I mean, the Browns, their dysfunction and how lack, lacking talent, lacking coaching that they've had for so long has all been apparent. But then you also factor in that they're in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. That has also had a factor on how many games they've lost. And for the first time in so long, that division, which is so ripe with so many rivalries, there's actually vulnerability amongst the other teams. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun year in the AFC North, uh, no doubt. I do think. I mean, again, I, I really like Freddie Kitchens. First year, first ever head coaches. There's a learning curve for them, just like there is for everybody else. And it doesn't matter how many years you've been, you know, a head coach and all and everything else. And in the NFL. It's not just a raw-raw speech. You can't just get guys, you know, fired up and ready to go and overwhelm the other team either with talent or with emotion. You have to be better than them. And be, part of being better than them is is putting them in a position to be successful, to do the things they need to do, win a football game. And that falls on the head coach. And it seems to me when you're in a division with Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh that that is an uphill battle. That is an uphill battle. And, I, I you know, that that is an open question as to how that's actually going to go. Defensive coordinator for the Browns, Steve Wilkes, former head coach. Okay, of the Arizona yeah, that's Cardinals. right. Actually, I had forgotten that. So and and so and and you know, say what you will about Steve Wilkes as a head coach and he's all an that. Excellent D coordinator. He just phenomenal. He just wasn't in. He's not a head coach. He no. wasn't in the position to be a head coach. He, he wasn't ready for. But but he he's he's definitely a respected and and a guy who's been there, a guy who's done it. So so we'll see. Colter, let's go through the schedule for the Cleveland Browns. You ready? You ready here? I'm ready. Week one at home against the Tennessee Titans. Win. At the New York Jets. Win. Home against the Los Angeles Rams. Loss. At the Baltimore Ravens. That's a prove-it game right there. Yes, that it could is. be a game that could, really, that could really alter the momentum of their season. Yes, Good. I'm saying loss. At the San Francisco 49ers. Win. At uh, home against the Seahawks. Win. By week and week seven, so after two weeks on the road to the New England Patriots. Loss. At the Denver Broncos. Loss. Uh, at uh, home against the Bills. Win. Home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another prove-it game. I'm saying win. At home against the Miami Dolphins. Win. At the Pittsburgh Steelers. Loss. And then the first of two games in four weeks against the Cincinnati Bengals, this one in the dog pound. Win. At the Arizona Cardinals. Win. At home against the Ravens. Loss. At the Cincinnati Bengals. Win. Ten and six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You got them at ten and six. I also I have them at eleven and six. I think they I think they'll beat or eleven and five. I think they'll beat the Denver Broncos. Here's the key though. In mile high though? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like the Broncos not as much as I like the Browns. I think the Broncos are going to be okay. Yeah. 
Uh, I think that, I've, that the Broncos, Broncos are in trouble on offense. They are, but that pass rush is going to be ferocious. Yes, when you're talking about playing a Mile High Stadium. I mean, they, they are going to mess some teams up when they're playing at home. Um, here is the issue with this for the uh, uh, Cleveland Browns, as I see it, just in our quick, you know, rip around. You got them one and three in their games against the Steelers and the Ravens, right? And I think that's reasonable. Uh, but and, they, and they might split with the Ravens, so maybe they pick up another win there. Well, you have them. I have yeah, them swept beaten, by the Ravens. You have them beaten, getting swept by the Ravens right now, and you know that. Of course, then they do. You do have them sweeping Cincinnati. So in division, they're three and three. But in terms of the other two teams, that I think you know have been the, obviously the traditional powerhouses, one and three, and that could be a problem even if they do, even if they are a ten-win team, because this is a division, uh, you know, that could have uh, a wild card coming out of it uh, in the AFC. Seems to me, and. You're going to have to be, obviously, the second-best team because the AFC West is almost certainly, you would think, going to be able to get the Chargers and the Chiefs in. So now you're talking, if, if, if one of those teams is in as a wild card, you're talking one team in the other three AFC divisions getting in as a wild card. So if you don't win the thing outright, you know, then you obviously have to be the next team and go in one and three against the two teams that are presumably going to be one of those two teams if you don't win the thing uh, is, uh, is going to be. It puts, you, it puts you behind the eight ball, so to speak. And if you're going to do that, you've got to win 11 games. Like, I think you're not going to be a wildcard team without 11 wins. So I do think that that first game uh, against the Ravens in Baltimore is absolutely gigantic for the Cleveland Browns. There's just no doubt about it. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We're getting close. In fact, week three of the NFL preseason kicking off here in just about 15 minutes from now. So, uh, you know, set your DVRs, people. Are we still doing that around the world? Are we set in the DVR? <laughs> you do it from your phone. All the time. All the time. Got to have it, no doubt. Uh, it is Tutel Nuanas. We are downtown. At locals only, we are uh, on the corner of Broadway and Ryman in the uh, Badlander Complex. Come on down, get yourself a Widmer Hefeweizen. I see, I see a lot of uh, cloudy orange glasses on the bar right now, which is a very nice thing to look at anyways. And uh, you can still put your name in the box for the Oregon Duck Montana Grizzly football tickets. We're going to be giving a pair away at the t- at, uh, in the next hour. So come on down. You still give you time to uh, get your name in the hat for that. Take a quick break. They'll come back. We'll get into some high school stuff, some high school stuff that's transitioning into co- some college stuff. But uh, a couple of interesting notes. New cross-country coach at the University of Montana and a new mid-level amateur men's champion in the golf world. All of that coming up right after this. Colter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbow's End, I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely this the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of montana it's pretty likely you already know blackfoot as a local partner for internet voice professional services anything you need to fuel your growing business but like you said they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across montana and right now they're expanding their fiber network into bozeman st ignatius and other regions find out more about what blackfoot does give them a call 
866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. Welcome back. to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Recreate the right way this winter, this summer, this fall, this spring. All of these with Kurtz Polaris. Shout out to Kurtz. We're going to use their trail for the uh, River City Roots backstage where the trail is going to be conducting a bunch of trail interviews with bands, band members, all that. It's going to be a great weekend. You know, uh, Coulter, uh, Alethea, my oldest daughter, she's turning seven on Saturday, seven Ooh. years old, and uh, she wanted to go to lunch at Kobe, Okay. and I said, you know, we can, that's, we, we, you got it, we can do it, we can go out, we can go out and have a lunch. She goes, and you know what else I want to do, Dad? And she has no idea what's going on in town. She says, I want to go to a concert. I said, kiddo, get your dancing shoes on. Because we can go to all the concerts that you can handle because it's River City Roots <laughs> Weekend. And guess what? It's free. It's, it's free. free. So we're going to make dreams come true for my seven-year-old uh, this Saturday down at uh, River City Roots. So I'm pumped up about it. Looking I love forward it. to it. I love it. Happy early birthday, Alethea. Uh, let's jump into Coulter, a prep extra segment to finish off the hour. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank and online at FarmersEbank.com. Your Montana Bank since 1907. Coulter. Clint May is the new cross-country coach at the University of Montana. Now, a lot of people who you know, aren't into the track scene, into the running scene, maybe don't know who Clint May is and you know, so forth and so on. And further, why is the head coach at a university in the prep extra segment? Explain to the people about, a little bit about uh, Mr. May. Well, I mean, we know that working in talk radio, there's a lot of sports that grab all the headlines that we talk about and bloviate about all the time, and there's some others that we don't talk about nearly as much as we probably should. And the... I would I would say if you compare the resumes, you would be hard-pressed to find a dynasty that was any better than the Bozeman High School cross-country dynasty when Clint May was the head coach mm. at Bozeman High School. He was the head coach for 10 years. The girls won nine straight Class AA state championships, and the boys won nine out of 10. It's pretty good. 18 state championships. And it wasn't just as if they were – gutting it out towards the end of these state championships. By the end of this thing, they were so elite that they'd have their five or six runners go in the top eight places. It would be Bozeman High, Bozeman High, Bozeman High. Maybe one kid from Billings West or something sneaks in there, a Hellgate kid. That's why last year when Missoula Hellgate won cross country, it was an upset of epic proportions yeah. because if, you, if you've ever spent time just on a weekday in Bozeman, in cross country, when it comes to the meets, you only have six kids running on varsity, and you only have six kids that can score running on JV. Right. So you have to be one of the 12 best runners, 12 or 14 best runners at your school to be able to even get on that roster to be a guy or a girl that can score points. If you ever drive around Bozeman during the, during the fall in the school year, about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you'll see a collection of 100-plus kids wearing black and red running around. Clint May made the program about so much more than just running that he was teaching kids just the rewarding nature of distance running mm. as a lifetime hobby 
regardless of how you ever compete or, or place or anything. So you have kids that literally are on the cross-country team that just run to run with their buddies, to that run just to be a part of it. And they're not even ever going to compete in a meet. And I think that enthusiasm, combined with him and Dave Skelton and, and Dale Kennedy, their enthusiasm for the Bozeman Track and Field Club, I mean, Bozeman is a runner. Missoula has a lot of great runners, too. Yes, they do. I mean, there's a lot of great distance runners and trail runners all across the state of Montana. But the cross-country culture in Bozeman second to none when it comes to the youth, the, the kids in high school. And Clint May had a great deal to do with that. I mean, he mentored – I mean, his, his best kids were surefire D1 and sometimes surefire Power 5 conference mm. athletes year after year. And he, he did such a great job. And then I think he kind of saw – you know, uh, his, his oldest son, who actually happens to be named Coulter, uh, graduated, and I think he just wanted to kind of have a breath of fresh air. And so yep. he went to South Virginia, which is a Division three school, and led them to a lot of success, multiple conference championships over the last couple of years. And now he's back at the University of Montana. Uh, but the University of Montana uh, has had, been a little bit in, in flux when it comes to the distance running. Vicki Pounds did a pretty good job when she took over for Colin Fair. But th- this is a good hire. This is a really good hire by Brian Schwein because if Clint May can replicate – just the enthusiasm that he installed in the cross-country programs at Bozeman High School at the University of Montana, everybody involved will take it the next step. It will, it will be great for Montana track and field. Well, it'll be fun to see how, uh, how they're able to do in this and, and, and the coming years as the program builds there at the University of Montana with Clint May, who's got a, a proven track record. Get it? Hey. Uh, at the high school level. Also, Coulter, we didn't get to this the other day. We wanted to talk about Josh Hedge. Josh Hedge won the U, uh, the, the uh, state of Montana mid-AM, and but he is a kid who won the state AM three consecutive years in the late 2000s and was the Riggs-Johnston of high school golf before Riggs-Johnston was. I mean, this is a kid uh, in, uh, in, in Josh Hedge who was absolutely phenomenal and, and picked to be, you know, you know, potentially go on, be a professional golfer, you know, all that kind of thing uh, that was with him when he was in high school as well. Yeah, I mean, I remember you know, Josh Hedge is my exact age, and he played basketball too, so I remember following his career, and, I mean, he was lights out. He was, I think he won three straight class AA state championships at Billings West. He was a, like, I think he was a first-team All-State guy four years in a row. But I remember when he really hit his peak was when he was 19 years old, he went out and shot a 65 the final day of the men's state am at the Missoula Country Club. As a 19-year-old, everybody around the state's thinking, who is this guy? How is this guy tearing it up so much? And then he went on to Xavier, and he had a solid but but maybe not spectacular career at Xavier. And um, then he kind of just fell off, and I expected him to be a guy that, you know, not necessarily on the PGA Tour or anything, but a guy that would just, if he came back to Montana, would be competing in multiple tournaments and stuff. And I I just hadn't heard his name. Yeah. And so then the other day at the men's mid-am, he – was down five strokes with eight to play, and he came all the way back and won. It got red hot, birdie five of the last six holes to come all the way back and win the med, the men's mid-am. And it was just cool to see his name because I had remembered thinking how great of a golfer he was and how fun he was to follow when he was in high school and then just hadn't heard of him. And it was just it was cool to see that he's back on the scene. Uh, I was looking up the rules of the state mid-am, and you have to be a Montana resident. That's one of the main stipulations. And so... I think the fact that I think that, that indicates that he's obviously living back in the state of Montana, so maybe he's a guy now we can have our eyes on when it comes to these these men's amateur championships and things like that. It's always fun when you got guys that are uh, elite that are at the dominant level right now. 
That is uh, our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Quickly, Coulter, at the uh, PGA Tour Championship. Remember, it's staggered starts. <clears throat> so that means that everybody uh, had, you know, started under par or even before the tournament began based on their FedEx points. Justin Thomas was 10 under to start the day. He's 10 under to end the day, an even round 70, which means he's in a three-way tie for first place with hello, Brooks Kapka, who was at 7 under, went 3 under today. And Xander Shoffley Coulter was 4 under to start the day, shot a 6 under 64, and is now tied for the lead at 10 under with Brooks Kapka and Justin Thomas. Rory McIlroy at 9, Matt Kuchner, Patrick Cantlay at 8. Hideki Matsuyama, who also had a great day, 66, is at 7 under. It is jam-packed, and now we got a three-way tie for first place after just one day. How great is this? I'm pumped up about it. Anyway, just wanted the people to know. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming straight ahead. We are going to give you our ESPN roundtable, this time with Scott Match, who was a, uh, a long time, decades long time, sports writer for the Great Falls Tribune. Tribune. He recently retired. He uh, sat down with us this week to uh, talk about his career, some of the people that he was with. It's a great interview. It's coming to you next. Tutel and Nuanas. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. <laughs> 